Welcome to Carrot Fergus Vineyard, a place of hope where lives are changing. We're a church in the heart of Carrot Fergus, passionate about seeing people's lives changed by the love of Jesus. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. Okay, I've got a lot to say and not much time, so it better be quick. Do you remember doing the science experiment at school with watercress? So the watercress grows towards the light. So it's in a dark place, but if the light is shining from a particular side, over time as the crest grows, the crest will grow towards the light. Um, those of you who've been part of our allotment that we have in Eden, you'll know that whenever kind of winter's coming, uh, in order to kind of stop growth, we put down all that black polythene sheeting. And that's basically to block the light so that weeds and plants won't grow up. And probably already you're kind of guessing, you're kind of knowing the direction of where I want to go to this morning. Um, John's gospel account is very different to the other three gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And his gospel starts incredibly different uh, to the other three. In fact, there's this beautiful scene uh, in uh, the season two of The Chosen uh, where, uh, where John is having this conversation with the mother Mary about how, are we gonna, how am I going to start writing this account that I'm going to write that will be passed on to generation after generation. And he's saying, I need to start way back when, from when Jesus actually, my first interaction and, and, and he goes back to different periods of the Old Testament, different periods of the Israelite journey. And he chooses to go way back when to the very beginning, to Genesis, to the first couple of chapters of creation. I'm going to write, uh, or I'm going to write, I'm going to read from John's gospel and from Genesis as we go. So John writes this in John 1, 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John, uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved, which was a, a phrase that he often uh, used throughout his gospel account, begins his account of Jesus' life by referencing the beginning of time, the creation account. And so we read now in Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. This physical and tangible reality where daytime and nighttime were separated uh, by, uh, by the sun which would rise and would give light uh, to those of us here um, on earth's creation. And later through man's discovery of light, through fire, through the creation of electricity that would give us light that we're now um, benefiting from. John continues to write though in John chapter 1 about another light, a person. Carrying on then from verses 6 through to 10. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. John the Baptist, John, not John the writer, John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light 
so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone who was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. John and Genesis says, through him all things were made. In him was life, and that life was the light to all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. God saw that the light was good. Who is the light? Jesus himself. Last week, uh, we began a seven-week series, uh, the I Am Statements, which we find only in the, well, there's some parallel in the other Gospels, but the seven I Am Statements in John's Gospel. Uh, as we've entered into this period of Lent, that we would choose on these Sundays to focus on these statements, learning more about the personality of Jesus, the character of who Jesus is, and these statements, these bold statements that Jesus made uh, by himself, by himself, about himself. And Kate kicked us off so brilliantly last week, um, stating from John 6, I am the bread of life, which was a statement um, which, was, uh, which was made shortly after the feeding of the 5,000, of which bread obviously was used. These I am statements are descriptions. They're descriptions of the character, the personality, and the nature of who Jesus is. Jesus, when he makes these statements, is doing it deliberately. You see, the I am wording, which we have in the English language, was actually used many, many years before, many years in the Old Testament. God uh, those of us who know our Bibles, we know the story well. When God reveals himself through the burning bush to Moses out in the desert, and uh, he's having this incredible encounter, Moses. He's, he's fled from where he grew up in Egypt, and, and, and God is having this incredible uh, conversation with Moses that he's going to send him back to Egypt to free the Israelite people, his own kin, his own people, and, uh, and so we read in Exodus 3.13, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your forefathers uh, has sent me to you. And they ask me, what's your name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am who I am. Or ego imi in Greek means I exist or I be. This is the title of the Lord. I am, I am was this uh, language that God had used about himself many, many years, centuries before. And Jesus, in these statements that he makes, is being deliberate. And it was not missed by the Jewish hearer. And it was certainly not missed by the religious people who no wonder had become upset by his words. And so to today's I am statement, we read in John 8, 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Um, I'm going to skip forwards. I've got some other stuff prepared, but I'm really aware of time. Um, 
Uh, needless to say, uh, most of these I am statements, the seven statements, they have like a precursor to Jesus making this. So for example, last week, um, Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. And it, and it shortly follows after the feeding of the 5,000 where bread was used. With this particular verse, uh, it doesn't quite have the same um, background to it. But briefly to say, it was during a tumultuous period where, um, where Jesus' character and his nature and who he really was was being called into question. Uh, if we read uh, at the end of chapter 6, shortly after what Kate um, spoke of last week, uh, there were many people that were confused and questioning who he really, really was. And John 6, 66 says, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. The religious leaders uh, thought that he was a false prophet and that many of the things that he was both doing and saying was blasphemy. And so it's into this backdrop that Jesus speaks again about who he is and his identity. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so briefly want to cover uh, just two points. This is the main course. That's the kind of the hors d'oeuvre and the starter kind of covered. This is now the main course and a really nice dessert to finish. Firstly, I want to say is that the light exposes the darkness. The light exposes the darkness. As we've already covered in Genesis, that the, that the sun gives physical light, something that John uses and picks up on when he's talking about Jesus, the light, the exclusive source of spiritual life. Jesus is the exclusive source of spiritual life. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, let's use some of our own imagery to help us. First of all, um, I remember as a child, um, we, we, for some reason, maybe this was England, maybe this didn't happen here in Northern Ireland, um, there just used to be power cuts all the time. Uh, would that happen here too? You had a pretty dodgy electrical system as well. Uh, and, and, but I remember as a child, like it would be a dark evening and suddenly, you know, TV packed up and the light switched off. And then my mum would kind of scuttle off to the kitchen. She'd find the Tupperware box with this assortment of ridiculous-looking candles. And we'd probably put them on like a sauce or whatever, and, get, and then we couldn't find the matches. But eventually you find them when you kind of light all these candles. And suddenly, you know, the, the, the living room had a bit of light. Or perhaps, uh, like me, if you're an outdoor enthusiasm, enthusiast, you have a head torch of a particular special one. That's another story. Um, but the head torch, you're in the remote wild place or whatever, and the head torch that comes on, and suddenly all that was around you was dark is suddenly illuminated. Or perhaps you're, uh, uh, you've watched um, the BBC documentary, the, the one about the, the sea. What's that one called? The what planet? Blue planet, that's the one. And, and, and these people that have managed to go deep, deep, deep down into the sea, so deep that the light cannot shine, cannot penetrate through the water. And they've managed to discover these incredible creatures, some of them absolutely tiny, which just burn this incredible bright light in real darkness deep, deep down into the waters. In those three 
simple illustrations. The light illuminates the darkness around. When I first became a Christian, um, I, I, I became distinctly aware of my sin. Uh, sin's not really a word can we kind of use too much perhaps in our church, but let's call a spade a spade. It, it, the stuff that I just knew wasn't right. You see, when we invite Jesus through the person of the Holy Spirit into us, he illuminates the darkness. He begins to show us things about ourselves. And it's just like, hey, Paul, pay attention to that. Pay attention to that. And, and, and in so doing, because Jesus is so good and because he's so kind, his kindness leads us to repentance. It leads us to a place where we're able, as his light shines on our darkness, it begins to reveal things to us and we have the opportunity to respond in the most liberating way, in the most freeing of ways. As we enter this period of, of 40 days of Lent, as we fast, as we remove something from our lives, as we focus our attention onto him, may we invite Jesus, the light, to shine in areas of our darkness, that we might um, practice what is read in that we read in the Psalms, Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. That we might do that during this season. That we might bravely just say, hey God, just, just show me, just show me. And here's the thing, this is what I've found over the years with this kind of prayer. Because most of us don't want to go there, let's be honest. Most of us don't want to say, God, show us my bad stuff. Like, what tends to happen when we're brave to do that kind of prayer is he doesn't reveal, like, the really obvious stuff. Because he doesn't need to reveal it, because we already know it. We don't know that it's kind of there, right? So Jesus doesn't tend to sort of do that. But what he sometimes does, as we draw close, is he reveals to us perhaps the more subtle things about us that we didn't really know was there, that we don't really pay too much attention, some thoughts or some ideas, a poor opinion of ourselves. He, he, he shows us, he says, you see that thing that you do? You see that thing that you say about yourself? Pay attention to that. And we might think, oh, that's not a thing. But perhaps Jesus is saying something there. Perhaps a bad attitude towards another person. Something in life that we're giving way too much attention to. Perhaps it's fear over something that we've, again, somehow allowed to creep in. There could be many, many more subtle ways that as we invite the light to shine in our darkness, Jesus kindly might do that in us. Those of you that use the uh, Lectio app um, on your phones, uh, sometimes Chantelle and I, we would do the evening uh, one. It's really funny. We'd be, <laughs> we'd be lying in bed and I'm just trying to nod off and she'll go, do you mind if I play the Lectio app? And I'm like, if I say no, I'm going to look like really bad, but I'm actually wanting to go to sleep. Anyway, so, so you say, yeah, all right then. And then, so we do, and then usually within a minute, she's, hard, she's asleep. And I'm like, oh, this is great. 
I'm probably giving you way too much attention, too much detail here, aren't I? But anyway, in the evening Lectio app, there's this prayer, and you hear Pete Gregg's dulcet tones saying, uh, "Father God, would you shine a spotlight now on the shadows of my motivation and the darkness of my deeds? I take a moment now to confess my sins." It's just a wonderful moment as you do nod off to pay attention, focus on the day. Where, where did we go wrong? Where did we think or what did we say? Whatever it was. Secondly, we are drawn to the light like plants that we showed in that video that grow towards the light. So our eyes in the physical are drawn to light, especially when we're in darkness. Our attention and our gaze goes towards where there is light. Back in June, um, during our sabbatical time, I got to take part in a 24-hour a, a event that I'd wanted to do for years. It starts on a Saturday, finishes on the Sunday, goes overnight. And we're in the Wicklow Mountains, my friend and I, and, um, and literally with, with our, obviously our head torches on to guide us and to help us. And we came across this surreal moment where we're, we're moving down this path and all we see are these two singular uh, lights shining towards us. And we're like, what the heck is that? And, and they didn't move at all. We thought it was a sign or something. And then we realized it was a, it was a deer. There's lots of wild deer in, in the Wicklow Mountains. And our head torches were, were shining on the eyes of this deer that was probably as far away as the back of the hall is to us. And we're like looking at it, and these two eyes are like looking at us. And we're like a bit spooked by this whole thing. It's like three in the morning. And we're like, oh my goodness, what is this? Our eyes are drawn to the light. And my question for us this morning is, are we drawn to the light of Jesus? And I, I, that's your homework Go think about that. Go pray about that. Are our eyes, is our gaze drawn to the light of Jesus? Consider Simon Peter, his first interaction with Jesus. Those of you who know it, he's been out fishing all night and hasn't caught anything. And then he catches this incredible catch of fish. At that moment, he steps onto the shore and Luke 5 8 we read when Simon Peter saw this when he saw the catch of fish he falls to Jesus knees and says go away from me Lord I am a sinful man when Peter first encounters Jesus first of all he's drawn to him he's drawn to the light he comes literally from the, sh from the boat with all these fish. He comes to him because he's drawn to the light. And many of us, if we've given our yes to Jesus, we have been drawn to him. And at that moment, he falls at his feet, but his words say, go away from me. Why? Because he's a sinful man. And I think too often in our lives, we come before the light and he might shine, but it's our shame and it's our guilt and it's our unworthiness and all the stuff that, that the evil one wraps up around our heads that actually prevent us from being totally drawn to the light. And so then we go elsewhere. 
and we kind of cover ourselves and we don't want to actually be fully exposed to the light. And so I would encourage you, again, during this season that we're in, this period of Lent, as we would draw near to him, that we would be drawn to the light and not allow the darkness to overcome it. And now for the dessert. We reflect his light. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. As we follow him, as we become his disciple, as we apprentice ourselves to Jesus, we become more like him. And his light shines in us, but his light shines through us. Matthew 5, Jesus says to his disciples and to many hearers at the moment on the Sermon of the Mount, he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We get to carry the light of Jesus who is in us, through us. He is the light of the world, but he calls us the light of the world too. Amen. So folks, let, let, let's just spend the moment too praying. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next, so let's ask the Lord. I guess as we do that, let's just be open to him. We are grateful, God, that you are in the room. And we invite the light of Jesus now to our hearts. Light of the world who stepped down into darkness. Let there be light. And in this moment of prayer, just I'd encourage you not, not to be afraid in any way. He is good and he is kind. We're drawn to you. We just say, come and have your way. Whatever it is that you're doing, wanting to do in us, come and do it, God. Just let him do it. Let him come. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. And during this time, if, if he's, you know, he's just exposing some things, just go with it. Just trust him.
Just trust him and ask him what 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 is what does he require of you? What is he inviting of you? Maybe that's to bring it out into the light. Maybe it is to go away and share some things with someone that you love and someone who trusts. We just say we want more of you in our lives. Thanks for listening to the Carrot Fergus Vineyard podcast. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website, carrotfergusvineyard.org.